But one of the things that also you brought up on Sunday was this this phrase that uh, you've used before, and uh, it's the idea that the kingdom is already, but not yet. The idea of of we're at the dawn of a new day when 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 light and darkness seem to exist together. And we wanted to talk about that a little bit today, today as well. Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extra. Great to have you with us again this week. I'm with Pastor Nick Cady, pastor of Whitefields Community Church here in Longmont, Colorado. And once again, we're in our Advent series called Light in the Darkness. And uh, we were looking, we're looking at this week three, week two. Week this is week two of our series. series it's week yeah, yeah. four of Advent. Week two, yeah. So week, yeah. yeah, week four of Advent. And so this week we're looking at Luke chapter two. You're probably very familiar with that, uh, verses 8 through 20. And and uh, the title of the message was, In These Dark street, Streets Shineth, taken from that uh, that uh, favorite Christmas carol called uh, Old, Old Town of Bethlehem. And um, so if you missed that Sunday, whitefieldschurch.com, you can get over there and download it. And if you haven't already, please, you know, you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook or give us a thumbs up, like, subscribe. You know, if you're listening on a podcast, uh, you know, give us a review and, and uh, really certainly helps, you know, push us up in, in the, the algorithm as people are, you know, looking, especially this time of year. Maybe they're typing these questions and uh, we can provide them with God, Christ-centered and, and gospel-centered answers to their questions. And so this week we, you know, the kind of looked at that passage. And one of the things that pops out at you when you're reading through that is just the, the idea of, of the amount of prophecy that that Jesus fulfilled, and they say, say up to words of three hundred prophecies that that were prophesied four hundred years before Jesus came. You know where he was born, how he was going to be born, all these things to so specific that you know it's it's. I mean, I somebody did the crazy math of what what the chances would be if he was to like fulfill like five of them. You know, it was. Tenth to the whatever power, but uh, you know, three hundred is pretty pretty crazy. And so we just want to take a look at some of those. I mean, just to, I mean, this is a, quite an amazing thing around this time of year to think about that. Yeah. So the guy who did it, uh, he's a mathematician and professor, and so his calculation was it was one in one in ten to the seventeenth power. And he said that that would be similar to taking silver dollars, covering the state of Texas in them, having one that had a special mark on it, but they were like not just covering the state, but they were like three feet deep. And then you reach in and grab the one that um, that is marked with that mark on it. He said that would be the, about the probability of one person in the first century fulfilling eight of the most specific prophecies. And yet mm-hmm. Jesus uh, confirmed or fulfilled over 300. Um, and, you know, it's interesting. There are still some that are yet to be fulfilled, right? Yeah. So there are still some Old Testament prophecies as well as, of course, many New Testament prophecies about what Jesus will do when he returns um, that we still wait for the fulfillment of. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, and that's just something for you. You probably can just Google that and... Uh, on the internet and it's just a lot of information there's a lot of people have written a lot of you know just kind of outlining every scripture verse and how jesus fulfilled it and you know and there's been a lot of controversy because it's you know i think 
people have like said, well, the Old Testament couldn't have been written when it said it was written because because of this. That's the the way that that people have tried to go about trying to disprove that Jesus did it by saying, well, no, that you know that was written later than this. Yeah. It's an assumption, right, that prophecy can't be real, and therefore, if something claims to be a prophecy and then it was fulfilled, well, then they they thinking backwards say, well, then it couldn't have been a prophecy. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, it, it assumes that prophecy doesn't happen. But of course, you know, that's actually God said, this will be my calling card. In Isaiah, mm -hmm. he said, here's how you will know that I'm really God. I'm going to tell you the future before it happens, and then it will happen, and that'll be a sign to you that I'm God. Yeah. So he did. And he did. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's pretty amazing. But one of the things that also you brought up on Sunday was this, this phrase that uh, you've used before, and uh, it's the idea that the kingdom is already but not yet the idea of of we're at the dawn of a new day when 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 light and darkness seem to exist together and we wanted to talk about that a little bit today, today as well yeah and so peter uses that analogy in second uh, peter 1 verse 19 uh, and then he refers to jesus as the morning star and that's important because jesus also refers to himself as the morning star and morning stars a reference to the dawn. And so essentially where we are in human history, in the big picture of everything, is we're at this moment of dawn. A dawn means that into the darkness light has come, and yet the full light of day has not yet crested the horizon to drive out darkness completely. So we live at this time when darkness is present, but it's not as powerful or as all-consuming as it once was. And the same with light is here, but it's not yet what it will be. Um, and yet, of course, the trajectory is not towards more darkness, but towards full light of a new day. That's the power of the metaphor. Um, now, what's so interesting is that this phrase, already but not yet, has been used for uh, about 100 years um, by theologians who've tried to describe what is the kingdom of God. And I think it's, it, that's actually a very difficult thing to do. Like, just ask yourself that. How would I define what is the kingdom of God? Because Jesus used a lot of parables that kingdom of God is like this, kingdom of God is like that. Um, if I was going to define what the kingdom of God is, I think in, in the most... Um, general term, it would be this. It is the realm in which God reigns. And so that's why Jesus is able to say in Mark's gospel, for example, the kingdom of God is within you if you follow me, right? Meaning God's reign is within you. And so there's an aspect in which as Jesus came, he said the kingdom of God is at hand. He had come to establish the kingdom, if you will. And yet it has not yet come in fullness. And there's so many aspects of the Christian faith and Christian life which are already but not yet. So, for example, it says in Ephesians chapter 1 that we have in Christ every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. It says that we are seated with him in the heavenlies, and yet um, this, is a, this is a chair yeah. made of fake leather, right? <laughs> yeah. like, um, and so am I seated with him? Am I already justified, sanctified, glorified? Uh, do I have every spiritual blessing in the spiritual realm? Yes, already I do, but not yet. Meaning they're mine in part. There's some aspect of that in which it is mine, and yet it hasn't been fully realized, fully um, taken hold of by me in my life. I still am looking forward to the kingdom which is to come. And that's just a really important thing to understand. It has really big implications for um, how we think about things. So, for example, 
if you believe that the kingdom is here now in fullness, right? So not, not already, but not yet, but just straight up already. The kingdom is here already. Well, that will lead you to believe a few things. And it does, right? There are church groups who, Christian groups who, because what we, we would call this an over-realized eschatology. Eschatology means the fulfillment of all things, right? Eschaton is the final event in Greek. Okay, so what is an over-realized eschatology? It's when you believe that the kingdom is here already in fullness, but you forget the not yet part. And what that leads you to say is things like this. In God's kingdom, there is no more sickness, there's no more death, etc. So you have no framework for understanding why it is that somebody would get sick and die and not get better if they're prayed for, for example. And the only explanation you would have is, well, I guess you must have prayed wrong, or you didn't pray hard enough, or you didn't have enough faith, because in God's kingdom, everybody gets healed. But you got to understand, God's kingdom is here in part, and it is to come in fullness. So it is already, and yet it is not yet. Now, on the other hand, if you go to the other extreme, you believe that the kingdom is not here yet, but it is only something which is to come. Well, then you wouldn't expect to see any miraculous um, experiences, uh, appearances, any working of God that goes beyond the natural. You wouldn't expect to see anything supernatural because you only have a, a naturalistic mindset because in your mind, the kingdom is something which is to come. So what Jesus did when he came in his miracles, what is he doing? He's opening, he's drawing back the curtains and opening the window to the kingdom which is to come. He's giving you a preview of his kingdom. So when Jesus heals somebody, he's not just healing them because he's nice and powerful. He's healing them because he's giving you a preview of the kingdom which is to come. Because in that kingdom, there is no death, there is no sickness, there is no hard-heartedness. He's pulling back the curtains and giving you what you might call a manifestation of the kingdom here and now on earth. So understanding that the kingdom is he here already, but not yet, gives us a working understanding of why sometimes God does intervene supernaturally here and now when we pray through spiritual gifts, etc. And it also helps you understand why there is still evil, death, sickness, and suffering in the world, even though Jesus has come and defeated evil, suffering, sickness, and death. Mm. Wow, yeah, no, that's a great explanation. And I, yeah, I don't think people fully understand. So, you know, as you said, there are extremes and uh, we just don't quite understand that we're living in that time, that dawn where light and darkness are at this moment existing together. But the, the good news is that the darkness is going to pass away because mm -hmm. what is the beauty about the dawn is that the sun is going to rise. Yeah. And, and Jesus is that light, the light into the darkness, and we can fix our, fix our eyes upon him. And, and uh, that's, the, that's been the message of our Advent series uh, this year, Light in the Darkness. And uh, if you want to join us uh, for our Christmas Eve services, as Pastor Nick is going to teach on that from uh, John chapter 1, uh, Light into the Darkness, uh, please. It's a message that maybe somebody in your your uh, your circle of friends and your, your circle of influence needs to hear, and you need to invite them and bring them. I invited my hairdresser to come to... Uh, uh, to, to our Christmas Eve services, so you can invite somebody, <laughs> you know, find somebody, just say, hey, you know, we're, you going to church this Christmas, 
and just come on over. And uh, they need to hear the message of the light and the darkness. You know, a lot of people are fumbling around in the dark, and they need to know that there there is a light, and Jesus is that light who has shone into the world. And so, make sure make make that a priority this year, and uh, join us. Uh, what's it? Three o'clock, four thirty, and six o'clock on Friday. And uh, bring somebody. We're going to celebrate. The weary world is going to celebrate the, the advent of Jesus and the incarnation. And so be there. And if you missed our service on Sunday, whitefieldschurch.com, get over there and download it. And we'll see you again next week. God bless. <laughs>